I didn't. I didn't think you'd notice them, but since you mentioned it, since you mentioned it, I got new sunglasses. It's good gonna, that. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, you, you, what you could do is you could you could make video clips too, and just like you could just like think like <laughs> we could also utilize like video clips that way. So that way people could see the glasses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've got new glasses, and it's not my only pair of new glasses, but this is uh, a good pair of glasses. And I'm going to wear it, them uh, the entire time. Is this podcast. prescription? Is that prescription? Yeah. Uh, prescription. Um, no, they're not prescription, Desmond. They're just regular. Uh, they're just regular. Are they subscription? Uh, 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 they are not subscription. They're prescription. They're not prescription. They're, uh, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so the Islanders just. A little Cyclops energy. Yeah, well, I don't know about Cyclops, maybe Terminator. From X-Men? I've never, uh, I've never actually seen an X-Men movie. No, that's a, that's, a, that's a lie. I saw a bunch when I was a, when I was a young kid. My dad, my dad likes the X-Men. Um, but it's more of like a Terminator thing I've got going on, I think. Well, no, I told, I told you, it's, I think it's more of a uh, Cyclops X. I told you what I thought it was. So, so the Islanders know. played the Capitals tonight oh. and, uh. They scored eight goals on them, and they gave up four goals uh, to them, and so they won eight to four. And I, I was a pretty happy camper for most of the game. How were you? I mean, I, look, I, I was happy, especially because they lost, uh, especially with how the the Penguins games went. Like, um, I was glad that they, I was glad that they won. Um, again, we said by any means, uh, it, it feels like it, it, it was. It was nice that a game that the Islanders played that against a very skilled team that lost all its form, like the game itself lost its like structure that they came out on the the better side of. Yeah, they I didn't... feel I feel like it rarely goes that way. So it was, it was very surprising, but uh, they didn't but... fall apart. They didn't fall apart when it definitely got very loose. Uh, I didn't I didn't feel good when. Um that fourth Capitals goal was scored with a minute left in the period that just felt bad, uh, even though they were still up by two. And the other thing that felt very bad was the power play goal that the Capitals scored because it was on, because Matt Barzell had just missed on a breakaway to give him the hat trick, put them up six to two. And, uh, and then a really bad penalty was called. And then the Capitals score on it, of course. Uh, and then it's all of a sudden it's five to three, and I was like, "Oh no!" But everything worked out. Matt Barzell got his hat trick, and uh, Leo Komarov played really well. And uh, he did. He played really well. I know. I, I I know he. I but like the the fact of like fucking Butch Goring trying to like sell that like 
uh, Leo Komarov is building chemistry with the first line. It was he mentioned like, it more than once. He mentioned it more than once. It's fucking brutal. It's like, Lou, please, you can't. I, I'm just worried. I, I'd like to think Lou, as low of my view of Lou is, I'd like to think. You're that low on him? In general, yeah. I mean, he, he's a guy I wouldn't want to hang with. Like, I wouldn't want to hang out with him at all. Um, you know? So, like, I don't think well of him. I, uh, I, I think... Um, yeah, but to, to be fair, uh, there, are, there are a few... I wouldn't mind hanging out with Garth Snow. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's a, he's a good fit to be... Not saying he's the worst fit either, but uh, I think he'd be more fun to hang out, than, to hang out with than Lou. And I, I don't know. I understand the the I understand the argument from both sides. Yeah, no, no. I, I I mean, I'm just talking about what I think of him as a person, not not as a general manager. Okay. Um, um, as low as I think of Lou, I think he's a good enough general manager to read that. Especially again, they, everybody's been fucking talking about. I just can't wait for the trade deadline to fucking happen. We've been talking about it for so goddamn long. It's like been brutal. And then and then Lou again with his like conference a couple weeks ago you know, upped clearly was like being transparent about the stakes being upped. But um, I, I think as like Leo having a good game and making that like tape to tape pass oh, to sad. Jordan, Everly, like a like cross seam, you know, which was opened up by Barzell driving, you know, yeah. the, to the net, but still Leo put that pass. It's a great pass. Where, where it was better than that that uh, Beauvillier pass attempt before yeah. it, or like or, uh, on the two on one. It was a few. That, it, was a, it was a little bit high. Yeah, yeah, just a bit outside. <laughs> but but no, Leo Leo did have a good game. I think that's more indicative of the fact that this game lost all of its like you know gravity. But uh, weird, weirdly enough, uh, I would say that Leo is kind of at least touted as a gravity guy and a structure guy and the, the game became structureless and he i i he he had a he had a good one okay he's touted as a structure guy because that's the nicest way that that anybody playing for the team could refer to him because if you say the truth which is that like he he skates like shit he's never going to be too far out of the out of the area you know like leo is like a, yeah, structure guy the way the senators of a year or two ago were a team um you know it's uh it's uh i i look i i think leo had a great game but but uh yeah i'm just hoping it, hearing hearing the way the fucking because it did, didn't uh shannon apparently say something in the in the intermission as well about like how much leo means i did i just get worried i don't i don't I get watch. worried when, when, when he does well that like oh please he's already he's already being overrated by the team anytime he plays on the team um he had a good game and i'm not going to take that away from him like you're trying to um you're you're trying to rip it away from him um look like free speech what are you, are you going to go to are you like working for twitter now too are you going to take <laughs> away my free speech here is that what's going on uh it's uh listen if you if you just follow the rules of the website you'll see right there don't say bad things about him because that is against the rules 
and so you can't, you can't say I'll kill you on Twitter anymore. It's just like what's what's it even for? What's you the website some, for? Do you want to get something off your chest? I, I well, I can't because I'm not on Twitter anymore. Look, all I'm just saying, you know, you used to be able to say I'll kill you to your friends, <laughs> clearly joking. Apparently, you know, all the violence that happened from that website has made it impossible to joke about being violent on that way. It's not fair. It's not fair to me. And uh, so so you've got a situation where you've got an account that's not working, and on top of it, your burner accounts are, are getting banned immediately uh, under, the, un, <laughs> under the alias Goldmember, uh, and then a, a, a bunch of numbers after. Is that is that correct or incorrect? Well, interesting that you're snitching. Uh, if I if that were to be my you know burner account, which uh, it isn't, you know, it's not that what you said. What you said is not what it is. And Technically, if I because have I don't one, have the numbers correct uh, on hand. I don't know. It's interesting. You really are a cop. I'm not a cop. This is you're what you're you're being a cop right now. I'm not a cop. No one's under arrest. I'm just saying. I'm just warning you sternly. Ooh. Oh, you're, you're, you're like taking a video of me and you're like posting it on, on like, you know, Twitter so right now. You're... You wouldn't even be able to see it. Oh, you know, anyway, anyway, it's, uh, it's been, it's been like a really weird tense week for the two of us. I feel like every time that one of us says something, the other pushes back. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. Let's uh let's 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 kind of talk about what we just watched uh and that's the that 84 cap uh 84 capitals lost Islanders win Matt Barzell 5 points. Uh I don't know if he's Ryan Strom, I don't know if he's Mika Zibanejad, but he did have a good game. Well, yeah, I mean he he's he's not uh he's no fifth place in the division type type uh type quality forward, but I guess that's what you need to get attention. Uh on the on the mainstream media, but uh, <laughs> the lamestream media, the lamestream <laughs> hockey media. But uh, I mean, look. So this was again like similar. This game was a bit of anomaly. Again, not taking it away. I'm I'm def. I was definitely trying to take away from Leo before. I'm not trying to take anything away from Barzell well, here. It's, it's a good that you admitted it. But he's been quiet since. Um, since Lee went down and yeah. part of it is because Lee went down and then Leo came into the picture, but a game like tonight's was just wide open hockey. And that's like, that's rookie. Like this was the, like the most points he's gotten in a game since his rookie year. Yeah. When, when he of, hit four, when he hit four, that, that was already more, uh, since his rookie year or as, as you know, uh, he had five, three times in his rookie year. And then when he hit four, tonight they said that that's the most since his rookie year that he scored so this was like a very doug weight style game and that's why like matt barzell was flying in no and the islanders great. won and... tonight the islanders won tonight so it wasn't but uh I <laughs> yeah, see what yeah, you're yeah. saying first first half of that season first half of that that last doug weight season level yes. game but uh like yeah it, it was great and i think it was great for him because who knows maybe like because with the trade deadline, like I, I'd like to see them just make a move before this next episode. I was hoping they were going to make a move by now, and like let's see, because we're getting towards that week ish. So, if Lou is even considering a Canadian, you know, player 
like it would have to be probably the next couple days on I don't the Canadian know. team. Yeah, I, so, I, I don't know who he'd target from Canada. I mean, I'm you know, there's a there's a, a, a six teams worth of players that he could, but I, I most of the rumored or Calgary. targets that make Calgary. sense. Calgary Cal- Calgary seems like it could, you know. Calgary's in fifth place. I think they're still like they're they're not gonna sell. They're gonna give Daryl Sutter I mean, you know, he he's not a bi- the biggest fan of Johnny Goudreau, but they're not gonna trade him either. Uh I'm taking a look right now. Yeah, they're in fifth place. They are six points out with holy shit. They're six points out. Okay, so Toronto 49, Winnipeg 46, Edmonton 45. Uh, all three of those teams have between 36 and 37 games played. Montreal is at 41 points, but they've only got 33 games played. Calgary is at 35 points with 37 games played. So I get what you're saying. It kind of feels like they're set. But at the same time, I don't know. You know you know how this is. Uh, Edmonton goes on a slide. Montreal goes on a slide. <coughs> And then Calgary strings together four wins in a row against like the Senators, <laughs> and and then all of a sudden they're in a fourth place spot. So I get what you're saying. I know Jay Beagle was uh, not Jay Beagle. What am, what am I saying? Uh, there was there was a Canuck that uh, he he went down with an injury. Tanner Pearson. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Jay Beagle. But uh, yeah, Tanner Pearson. I don't think of as a serious goal scorer. But but um, I mean like it. The Islanders need to get back wins. They they've lost games that they needed to win the last couple weeks. So, like regardless, unless like they need to win the next game. Like like we said last yeah. episode, we wanted them to get two out of three. You know, um, which they didn't. Which they didn't. They only got one out of three. And and yeah. I think they need to. I just feel like the Islanders. One, I think, I think the Islanders winning the division would be—it's inherently huge, right? You win the division. They play well on home ice. They play well on home ice. You win the division. Like I think, it would be the like another milestone for this era yeah. of these Islanders to win that division outright would be huge. And also, winning the division, you are gonna probably be playing Boston, right? Or, yeah. or. Boston or um, Pittsburgh, if if the goaltending in Pittsburgh falters, which yeah, then you, to, then you have to face you know then you have to face the you know to face Crosby and, and Malkin and, and you have to hope the goaltending doesn't come back on you know but but I, I still avoiding these Capitals I think even though the Islanders haven't like the record against the the Penguins isn't great this year I don't know I. The, I, do, I don't like how the Islanders have looked overall against the Capitals. I agree. So they, far this they, season. They had a stretch of games against the Penguins in February that they could have, should have won, where they looked good. Um, and and I, I can't say that they were in those Capitals games that they lost in the same way that they were in most of those Penguins games that they lost. Yeah, and... and... And that goes for Sunday as well because Saturday the Penguins beat them decisively. I did not get to watch that game, uh, but I was I was keeping tabs on. You know they went up five nothing or something like that, and then the Islanders pushed back, made it five three, uh, and then I think it was six three or whatever. 
but the the game on Sunday I did watch and they were uh they were playing great. Um you know, and it, it was a it was a one goal game. So what what can you do that happens? That's not one that I get mad at. Um yeah. Or fr- even fr- yeah, frustrated I guess, but yeah, it's tough. I, I I see what you're saying. Uh winning the division outright would be would be nice. Well, and, and I, I say I say all of that to, to, I guess, bring it back to Barzell, which is that they, you know, the Islanders need to make up wins now, like regardless of the trade deadline is in 11 days um, on the 12th, I believe. So we got a week and a half like and the Islanders have. One, two, three, four, five, they have, they have five games between now and then and like. Barzell, um, look, he's, it, su- it sucks that Lee is out, but like, again, this is kind of the conversation we've been having about Barzell. It's kind of time to start finding out exactly how good he is and how much you can ask him to carry, you know? Like, because after this contract, isn't he supposed to be like a $10 million player? Really? Yeah. Like, isn't yeah. that the expectation? And it's like, well, let's find out. Are you... Are you a ten million dollar player, or or are you a Matt Duchesne? And I'm not, you know, I'm not putting that on him. But I I also think if he is a Matt, you know, I know Matt Duchesne's having a bad year, but like, well, he's he Matt, Matt Duchesne is an insanely frustrating, inconsistent player. Watching him with the Avalanche as long as he was on the Avalanche was frustrating to say the least. And you know me, I'm very patient when it comes to watching hockey. Yeah, uh, he was. Matt, Matt Barzell, that's the funny thing. I truly feel like Matt Barzell has the potential to take that Nathan McKinnon step where Nathan McKinnon had these really, like, you know, years two, three, four even were weird kind for Kind of him. sleepy. Yeah. Yes. You know, it, was, it was kind of anonymous. Yeah. In context, in context of his skill set. It, one of his problems was, and it's also Matt Barzell's problem, uh, not putting the puck in the net. And it was kind of like he was kind of getting there, coming close, and he was also getting that superstar attention, and he was mm-hmm. getting outmanned. Uh, and that's you kind of see that happening to Barzell a little bit this year too, where you see guys, you know, double-team him, and he can't really do much about it. And that, that was happening to Nathan McKinnon <clears throat> as well in those years. And then he just took the step. Who knows what it was? Who knows what kind of offseason he had? But he took that step. And I do feel like Matt Barzell is in a similar spot to where Nathan McKinnon was, where even, like, Nathan McKinnon wasn't really having these, like, you know, for what it's worth, like, he had this five-point night tonight. I can't remember off the top of my head, and those abs teams were bad, to be fair. But I can't remember any, you know, five-point nights, four-point nights, really. Like, he, he, he was good. He looked good. But I, I think that Matt Barzell has – he, he, he looks – like he can do it, but you never know. You could take that Matthew Shane turn as well. Which, and I mean, it's one of those things where like being a, maybe a little bit better than Matthew Shane, but like, you know, being a 66 point, 70 point center in a defensive system isn't the worst. But, but I mean, the thing is though, I think this is the time for him to score more because I do think the Islanders, are way more open now. Like the Islanders, like attack is they much do. more active 
now than it's been either of the previous two trots years. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. They. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's a time to me. To me, it's the time for him to like look. Are like what we're we're giving you a little bit more a little a little bit more like uh, you know leash here to 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 run wild like, but and and what what I will say what's good and and what's encouraging to seeing you know the reason I'm, I'm uh, optimistic is that like the way the Islanders have changed Barzell's changed a bit too that first goal tonight yeah the way he cut like before he you know he would break into the zone but he would never take those roots right up the gut, like right yeah. into the slot, like right at the goal. Because by the time he released that puck, he was like lower face-off circle, yeah. kind of. Like he was like in there. And, you know, it's it's encouraging, but uh, let, let's let, get him help. But yeah. every, every game until you get him help, and I think they will. I really do think. Oh, me too. It's impossible, you know, it's impossible for me to, um, I don't know, I can't tell if it's going to be Hall or if it's going to be Palmieri, like I can't tell if they're going to go quality or quantity, but but I I think they will bring someone in. I think it's just a matter, like I think Barzell, regardless, is going to need to rediscover his game um, so that way he's playing with some confidence and and, and 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 mojo when a new player comes in like you want you want barzell to be to be feeling himself when this new player comes into this system like um you know doesn't know most of the guys on the team probably yeah you know and has the pressure of having to step in and be the first line left wing like it, it'd be good for barzell to make it just easier um chemistry wise if he's if he's on a hot streak and if it's someone like Taylor Hall, he'd know he'd know Jordan Eberle, and they'd be playing on a line together at least to start, and that would be something nice. But yeah, I I, I completely agree. I think it's it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, let's let's I guess let's just kind of get into it. Uh, the trade deadline is like you said, it's it's fast approaching, and I kind of do feel like it's it's Taylor Hall or it's Kyle Palmieri or I don't know it's. You know, you hear people talk about Dustin Brown. I don't think that's going to work. He's got an extra year on his contract after this, and I don't. I you know, I, I I like Dustin Brown as a player. I think he's, I think he's great, and I think he'd fit the Islander style really well. But you know, he's not quite that first line left wing that they are looking for and have this unique ability to obtain with that cap space gone. Um, and on on top of all of that, uh, so so there's those two, Taylor Hall. Kyle Palmieri, um, and then I, you know, I, I think that they'll look at Grandland. Um, I think the Leafs are really going to make a push for him. He just seems to be like everyone. Everyone seems to be talking about Leafs. Uh, you know, making that making the most sense. Uh, and then the the other thing is the off the radar type. You know, uh, RFA guys that would obviously mean some kind of roster change. Uh, Kyle Grandland. Uh, um, uh, Kyle, you know, uh, Kyle Garland and, um, Oh yeah. Uh, someone on the Sabres, uh, Sam Reinhart, maybe. So I, I, I don't, I don't see them doing, I, I don't see the, the Sabres, um, trading Reinhart, especially with the, you know, um, 
the threat of uh, of Eichel being traded. I see. I see Sam Reinhart as a guy that if they have to trade Eichel, him being a guy that they like cling to, not just for his quality, because he's like the only he has like twelve or thirteen goals or something like like he's. I don't think he's they had a good season. Him. I don't think they want to pay him. They got to pay somebody. They they've got to pay somebody, and and I think I I, I get why they'd want to keep Eichel. I don't yeah. know, like I don't know how that's gonna. I just don't know how that's gonna work. Like I I don't know how Eichel staying there. All he has is the contract, and yes, having the contract is everything, but it, it it's gotten so bad, and it's been this bad for this long. And and for from a from a Buffalo standpoint, paying money for this guy, I guess on some level it's like paying money for this guy that fans are going to want to pay to see is probably like a calculation. Mm-hmm. But do do they think that they can build up good enough shit around Jack Eichel in the near future to get into the playoffs in their especially in the division that they're in? Because it's almost like the Sabers would be better off, like. Trading Eichel, I think. Trading Eichel, keeping Reinhardt, getting a massive haul back for Eichel because they don't have to trade him. Because they could. And there's ways they, they could make it work with Eichel, which mm-hmm. to me makes it me like makes his him, value go up, yeah. Yeah. So so I if I was the Sabres, I, I think the Sabres are gonna keep Reinhardt regardless, because he's I, I think that that guy must have like he must have insane like mental like fortitude to be a productive Buffalo Sabre this year because he's been, he's been productive. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, it's well, it's you know what I mean? Like, I wonder if he has, yeah, I, I just, I wonder if he's just like completely like numb. Like, I wonder if he's just like a dark soul. Like he just doesn't pay attention to any of it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's wearing, he, he's wearing the shades. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's just seeing straight ahead. Um, <sighs> I yeah I I don't know I I, I the the reason that I bring up Sam Reinhardt is because he's on tra- he's on a couple trade boards he's on the Athletic trade board, but you know they could just be writing because you know yeah getting those clips yeah I I, I mean I, I think yeah I mean the Sabers are gonna on, on some on like on on some level you you kind of want to because he's productive he's like the only and he's not Jack Sam Reinhardt's like productive like productive saber and because that he has trade value and on some level like it's like at a certain point to the sabers i guess it's it like it's almost like the sabers are so bad does it get to a point where you don't need to wave the white flag it's clear the season's over you know they don't they don't need to like especially if a guy like reinhardt like you know they have leverage over, I, don't, I don't know i i think I, you know what let, let me pose a question okay yeah. taylor hall is clearly even with him, you know, having a struggling year. Although his like his advanced stats and his analytics are like yeah, really decent. really good, you know. Yeah. They're like they he should have better numbers than he does. If like uh the Islanders and I think the Islanders could get Hall. To me it's a matter of like does somebody have a package that like would beat the Islanders first round pick? Stop right and there, then, because I think that first round pick is what could just get it done. 
and I don't think anyone wants to give it. And I think that if the Islanders said first rounder for Taylor Hall, it would be a done deal. Like I, I, I know, and I remember the athletic exec that was in that article expressed that same sentiment, but like, you, you really think the Leafs with everything that they have riding on, on making the season a success would let a first round pick get in the way of Taylor Hall? Uh, they, they've got their eyes set on other, on other, they, they're, I don't think that, you know, I think that the reason that the Leafs get brought up in any kind of Taylor Hall talk is because the Leafs get brought up in any kind of talk surrounding anyone, but it, it doesn't feel like that is a move that I, I don't know, man, it feels like if that doesn't work out getting grabbing a skilled player losing a first round pick i don't know it's it's i get what you're saying but i don't think the leafs have the interest there i especially because they've got a pretty set first two lines well let me see who else is let me look at the other stand like i i don't know i i i feel like taylor hall would be the other the other reason is because their uh their their priorities are looking toward goal goaltending as well because i think freddie anderson might be hurt a little more long term than uh maybe originally anyone thought and like i said that grandland uh has been uh linked to them by just about everybody, starting with Friedman. Um, so it seems like it seems like they've got their eyes set elsewhere. Well, so it's it's funny you, you stopped me in the middle of what was supposed to be like an a, like a, an ultimatum or an either or uh, type of thing because I, I was going to say if like the if so the Islanders uh, Islanders first rounder because to me like. Islanders first rounder with Kiefer Bellows as a sweetener, I think is like probably the most value they could put into one thing right now. I know Kiefer Bellows does not seem to have much value, like period seemingly. Yeah. Um, It's funny because he's young and like he can score a little bit and you know, it's, he seems just like a, he's, he's, he's a young guy that needs to work on the little details, which whatever. Go ahead. So I, I I wonder would would like to me, if you miss out on on, on Taylor Hall, you know, let's say a team like uh, the Minnesota Wild goes after him or something, Why um, just to get smoked in the first um, round by the Avalanche. I don't know. We'll see. Well, no, they they'd probably play the Golden Knights and get smoked by them. Um, anyway, you know, if you if you miss out on Taylor Hall. Would like, let's say, for the scoring winger, it, it, it's it's a quantity thing, and you get uh, you get Hoffman, you get Mike Hoffman as the scoring winger, and you uh, and you get um, Nick Foligno as the checking winger. Like, how do you feel about this roster with those two pieces? You don't get Taylor Hall, but you you get like a guy that's been a a great goal scorer that just didn't really have a place on this on the blues and a like hardworking grinder that gets Leo the fuck off of the ice. Oh, you mean like Felino's third line, Hoffman's first line? Yeah. What's yeah, what's Hoffman's contract look like? 
can they make this work? He's expiring. I know, He's but expiring. They, they still have to fit them both in that 7 mil or whatever they have cap space. What is Hoffman? 5 mil? Oh, oh. I think Felino's like five or six, but isn't that where the isn't that where the whole um, thing Four comes million. in the uh, okay LTIR? My, yes, but they've they've still only got like seven mil worth of cap space. Maybe they have a little bit more than I'm thinking. But hold on, Mike Hoffman's got uh, four mil. It's a it's a one year four million dollar contract. Nick Felino's contract is five point five. So someone would have to retain salary. And and with that, that's where you, you retain salary and you get like a key for Bella. Uh, uh, hmm. Damn. No. Well, I, I, yeah. I, I get, I get it. I really do, but I'd rather trade a first for Hall who I think has a higher ceiling than Hoffman having a better year than Hoffman uh, advanced stat wise you know, like you were saying, kind of you look at the metrics and, and it looks better. Uh, and you, you know, try and make Bellows work on that on that third line. Or you trade for someone who's a little bit less high profile than Nick Foligno uh, at, for a third liner mm-hmm. that has a little bit less cap space. You know, talk, talking it out, because I, I really, I, I I know I've talked up the, the, the Felino and, and also EJ Raddick was talking about Nick Felino. It, like, yeah. that does make sense. That seems like a guy that would like, yeah, you know, especially him and Pajot, like seeing them talking like all game would make so it. much sense to me. Yeah, with Wallstrom but, on that line as well. And that would be great. It'd be great for Wallstrom to be around um, there too. Uh, but just saying it out loud, it, it, it really kind of, it, it does feel like um, they kind of, re- they, they got to go for Taylor Hall here. Like that, that's, that's it. And it, it's, it's amazing the way I've evolved on this from especially like pre Anders Lee injury. Well, um, it was immediately after the Anders Lee injury that we didn't know how bad it was. And we immediately, my immediate thought was, what if this is bad? And maybe they take a shot at Taylor Hall now because he's not having a great year and he won't cost that much. And I was like, I, not a great year statistically. What? Yeah, yeah. Goals. It yeah, just saying it out loud, it really does feel like. Yeah, it does, and I hope it happens. I hope it happens this week. I hope it would it be underwhelming. It'd be underwhelming to get to 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 go. Cause, and I and I, I do like you know if they if it was like Hoffman and Cogliano, you know, like yeah. Yeah, I get it. I, I definitely get it. Um, you want to erase Leo Komarov from this roster? Wouldn't would wouldn't you rather like I, I if if uh, Dal Cole yeah. is your thirteen if Dal Cole is your thirteenth forward and and Komarov's your fourteenth forward? Yeah, I I'm fine. I I I like I like it's it's so funny. Even though he is the fourteenth forward, I like that option still on the table. Uh, <laughs> Especially in I don't know I don't know especially if they play the chippy, Bruins yeah chippy chippy playoff series situations yeah. I don't know you you know it's it's I can't quite put my finger on it but there's something I like about having him on the team um because he's I, a, he's sick he's a sick man and 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 we've gotten this the this 
the Stockholm syndrome of watching wow. Leo Komarov for three years. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's kind of true. Uh. <laughs> you're you're used you built in like just like the acceptance of like a man that's just like. So on that play that he made the great pass, there yes. they showed one one of the replays. It was like, I guess like facing, like it was it was the goalie's perspective, kind of, or it was like from behind the net that they were shooting on. So you see like Barzell breaking in, and he's like originally in the neutral zone. He's behind Leo, and you can see Leo just kind of like trying to just <laughs> glide and like looking over his shoulders, just like. Oh, please don't skate into me. Please don't skate into me. And like Barzell went to the right, which created the space to like funny getting to watch in real time. Like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. But he made it work, you know? Yep. And, um, and, it, was a, and it was a beautiful it, pass. I, and, I, and he had a beautiful game. It was a beautiful pass, but it, it, it's just like you shouldn't have a guy like that on the ice. Like <laughs> with almost with, ever. I agree. Unless, no, like, not almost ever, but with Matt Barzell. And Jordan Everly as a first line winger, you should never have him on the ice ever. If Matt Martin wasn't on this team, if Matt Martin wasn't on this team, him as the fourth line left wing would, would like would be fine. Fine, you know? fine. But yep. But Matt Martin's on the team. Let's and let's, specifically only works with with the line that he's on, so wrong. they can't take him off of it. Wrong. He's on the first power play unit. Oh yeah, that's right. There was a quote. Uh, Matt Martin on the half wall. And I, was like, I, I, I wrote that down in my phone because I was like, Jesus Christ. I understand putting him on the power play while I was struggling because I, I get it. Get, get him in front of the net, like mix it up. The fact that he was on the half wall, even even just in transition, was like hearing that sentence was like, we got we to gotta figure this out, I think. We got to figure something else out. Yeah. And, 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 and I love yeah. that, man. You know, um, fight that fight with Char at the end of the game was nice too. It was not much of anything, but I, I you love to see you love to see Char fight, and and I'm a sucker for the uh, the patting each other on the back after the fight. I'm a sucker yeah, for it. It was also it was it's also nuts. It, you know, that, it reminds me that I really got to watch Godzilla versus King Kong because that was the kind of uh, yeah, they had that kind, kind of energy. energy. It's on HBO and, Max. It's on. H- I watched it last night, and it's fucking awesome is it, it yeah well, it's great we'll, we'll, we'll have our movie section yeah. Yeah, later at the, end. at the end at the end um but uh wow we're gonna just start just phasing non we're just gonna be slowly pushing hockey off of this podcast <laughs> and but uh, uh, I, I guess yeah uh, the uh walmart brand puck suit yeah yes yes no, yeah the, what's a long island what's a long island business like what's a very like long island uh, uh oh, trash level uh, business i can't think of anything this is the amh this is the amh puck soup yeah yeah <laughs> we're the amh puck soup and proud and proud of it to be clear uh, shout, yeah shout uh, out to amh yes it's a great it's a great little spot um, um I just uh, before we close on on trade deadline, yeah. Um, unless unless you had anything else to add with forwards, I think because I think we covered the forward universe. I, and I gotta say, I'm not like I'm not crazy about Palmieri. I really don't want them to add another. It's I know it's kind of a stickler thing, but like I you don't want another Italian guy on the team. I didn't. I didn't say it. <laughs> I didn't say that. I I. I 
don't want another right-handed shot. I don't want a right-handed shot on the left side. Like it just, I don't think it would work. And, and, and I, I just like, I don't know. I, I think, I think it's gotta be a, a lefty for that line. I think it would, it'd be great to, because Barzell breaks in, like to have the players that Barzell likes to make, making the space basically like, okay, imagine when he cut today, uh-huh. instead of passing it to Leo Komarov, it was Mike Hoffman, you know? Yeah. You know, you're bringing up Mike Hoffman. It, that feels like funny that no one's talked about it. $4 million contract. You know, if they're not going to make a, make a move for Taylor Hall, get that. Yeah, take a shot at Mike Hoffman, but also try and grab a depth third liner. Uh, make Dal call your thirteenth forward, Leo your fourteenth. See if you can't make that happen. Um. So with you know with the forwards pretty much covered. Uh, yeah. When it comes to the um, defense, uh, Dobson Dobson made his return and. Uh, Miss, uh, he he was he was sorely missed by yeah. this team. I think it, it's just like watching him skate the like pick pick the puck out of the corner and be able to skate just skate it out. And like, yeah, he skates. Uh, no, he is. Uh, I I do think it, it would be nice. I I don't think they'll do it, but like they should kind of consider putting him with Letty just because. He has, I think he has more skill than Letty over the course of a game, being able to like explain like, this is when you pinch, this is when you don't, this is, um, this is what I see here are things that, because Dobson is able to, you know, be a puck moving defenseman um, and, and, and a like very mobile defense. He, he can get zone entries, which yeah. is like really zone exits and zone entries. Um, so it's been great seeing him back and, just because it gets Mayfield back down to the third pair. Although, like, I don't see them wanting to have a pair that's Andy Green and Scott Mayfield. Which... Yeah. Um, I, 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 I I see what you're saying, but I, I kind of like the balance. I like I like Green and Dobson. And, and right when you said it right there, I, I don't like the idea of, a, uh, of an Andy Green-Scott Mayfield pair. I don't. So... They, they won't do it and every I, I was uh I was um well I won't spoil it. I was on another podcast recently and uh well, no I'll, I'll just say, I'll spoil it. Yeah, go ahead. I'll spoil it. I'll spoil it. Brag. Bar down breakdown pod. Uh I don't know if I'm supposed to spoil it. I don't know. I'll, anybody listen to this podcast? Anyone listening now? <laughs> um But uh, you know, every, everybody that that I, I talk to about um, Scott Mayfield, like Islander fans love Scott Mayfield. I don't get it. Like he, like because that one playoff series, it's 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 wild to me. Like when you I, talk, I don't hate him as much as you do. And even um, there's a, a a guy who writes for NBC that covers the Penguins primarily, Adam Gertz, I think his name is, and he just wrote a mm-hmm. great little article on the Islanders in which he he said. The Islanders have no number one defenseman, but they also don't have a number six defenseman. In his opinion, they are six, two through five defensemen. And that makes them a good, like that, that makes them, that makes them work. And I, 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 you know, you, the, 
the boys rag on Scott Mayfield in the chat a good bit. <laughs> and I try I try not to join in because I don't really agree with the sentiment that he is a seventh defenseman. I think he is because I said it in the chat that you talked about a couple right. seconds ago. Right. But I mean, you know, you, you got to look around the league and look at everyone else's what what you know what everyone else's defenses uh you know are are made up of and it's like you know if scott mayfield is a seventh defenseman every single fucking team in the league other than like maybe a handful like four have seventh defensemen playing on in their top six you know like multiple too in in certain in certain instances yeah, I, well, I, I guess the, the problem that, that I have with the, the, the thing that worries me about Scott Mayfield is just that, like, because in the makeup of that pair that he's he's on, he's supposed to be the, like... The rock? The rock, and he's not. Like, he, he, he just doesn't read the play well enough, where it's like, boy Chuck would get scary, you know, sometimes, especially the last couple of years, but I feel like that had more to do with just, like, he was so banged up. Yes. You know, and, and yeah. even then, though, he still, he really didn't, like, I don't know, y- you weren't as confused as frequently as you get confused by, like, Scott Mayfield decisions sometimes, where it was like, he just didn't, he lost, he lost his place in, like, uh, in the cycle. You know what I mean? Um, so, so to, to kind of beat around the bush, are you suggesting they should trade for a defenseman? Well, they they won't. But like, just imagine this defense with like uh, David Savard from the the Blue Jackets in Mayfield's spot. You're high on the you're high on those Columbus boys. I mean, because because for the things that you'd want those players, the things that you'd want to bring into the Islanders lineup, yeah, they both they both would bring. I get it. I get it. And they like, play. they're better versions of the things that are in those places. You know. Like Del uh, Felino is a way, like way better than than Del Cole. Yeah, like, yes, you know, can ever be. And, He's and a captain. So, too. so Savard has a just he he's an established actual like four. I would say. Yeah. Or no, like I get five. it. Yeah. Great five, good four. I'd say. And like that's be- I think that's better than what you call Mayfield. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um. Yeah, that's fine. That's fair. But they won't. You know, they won't. <laughs> to be clear. To be clear. To be clear, they won't. But I, 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 I would like to see the Islanders a- after the, the expansion draft is like fucking with them so hard. Like it's fucking with everyone. Th- they have too many things. It's fucking with everybody. But you know, and this other part is fucking with everybody too. But like other teams, I'm sure other teams have contracts. But like Islanders have Pelic. Sorokin and Beauvillier, like very, very significant yeah. players that they need to sign. So, like, there's just so much. I don't know. There, there, there's so much going on that that I'd like to see. I guess my point is both Felino and like any players that they miss out on at the trade deadline that are going to be UFAs. I'd like to. I, I, I hope that they use what. Like they are able to make some money in addition to whoever, you know, whatever happens with Seattle, like to bring in one of these players, especially when you get into that, that more depth side of things. Yeah, I get it. I don't, I, like you said, they're not going to, 
trade for a defenseman. Um, but you know, I understand the sentiment there. Uh, so let's see what let's see what happens over the next uh, mm. week and a half or so. Um, it's gonna be fun when uh, when something does eventually happen. Um, all right, so let's kind of segue out of uh, really really quick before we segue out of Islanders talk. Uh, who do they got next? They got the Flyers on Saturday. They got. Um... Uh, yeah, they, they've got, uh, Here's what they Car- got. Carter, Carter, Patrick Wobb wrote, uh, uh, Hart, um, in that, um, okay. Before the next podcast, they've got the Flyers, the Capitals and the Flyers again. Uh, you gotta go. I hope you go three and oh, because the Flyers stink and Flyers stink. And you gotta, you gotta get another, they have like five more game. They have, so they've counting, counting the game Tuesday, one, two, Three, four. I'm counting four. Four more um, games against the Capitals. Yeah, four more games against the Capitals the rest of the way. So, like, like the you know, so there's actually time to because look, as much as they haven't looked good so far, you might end up having to play the Capitals in the yes. in the playoff. You probably yeah. and if anything, eventually you don't get to like escape. It, it's hard to escape your your uh, your your rival in in the playoffs, especially with, with the way this is set up. So got to start building momentum. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, uh, and, and, and you, you got to watch out to, to looking past the flyers on Saturday because they've looked bad. Yeah. But they're lately. skilled. They've got, they've got, you know, and, and, you know, eventually a team with that much skill and like, it's, you know, respectable star power, they're going to get pissed off enough to put it together and, you know, win a couple games. Uh, so yeah, yeah, you got to play them seriously. Don't take the game for granted. Hoping for three and zero, and if not, I'm hoping for two zero and one. And I definitely hope that that one overtime loss or shootout loss does not come against the Capitals. Well, you you, you know, oh, no, never mind. I was gonna say, you know, if we wanted to extend it, you know, if we waited an extra day. To- past Thursday, added one more game, get that first that, that first Islander Ranger game in a while. Yeah. Probably not though. No. Probably better to just keep this yeah. for Thursdays. We'll keep it we'll keep it. Have Thursdays. our Fridays to, you know Yeah. Talk to people we like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um so anyway <laughs> uh so, segueing out of Islander talk, um, Connor McDavid threw a very cool elbow, and Nathan McKinnon threw a helmet, and both players are being fined five thousand uh, dollars. I don't know if you saw between the games the eight I saw four, both. between the eight four Islanders game tonight and the nine three Avalanche Coyotes game that I watched last night. I literally watched my two favorite teams score seventeen goals in a span of less than twenty four hours. You're you're all uh, you must feel like uh, all yanked out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm tired. There's nothing left. It's just uh, dust at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm tired. Um, um, you know. And so the so, yeah. the the Connor McDavid. We'll 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 talk about the Connor McDavid elbow first because the uh, Nathan McKinnon helmet throw is legitimately one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, it's rude. It, yeah, that's more like a fine because it's like it's it's like 
it's highly rude. It's highly rude and like. All right, we'll talk about it first. We'll talk about it first. Desmond, yeah. when I watched this happen in real time, I I could not lost stop your laughing. Mind. I lost yeah. my mind. And it's it's more than just the throw itself. It's the way he skates towards him after the throw that Nonchalant. is so funny that like yeah it rules it's it's one of those things where he probably uh you know he went to the locker room took a shower uh got dressed after the pressers looked at his phone and his phone was probably like blowing up with his friends like very much laughing at at uh what they saw um and his te- you know the the locker room was probably electric um nuts man that was like so that that was like it was so funny but i feel like that got defined what it was because it's like the act itself isn't as dangerous as an elbow, but it's like you got to set a precedent. Like, you can't throw it's such. It's such a high disrespect. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a high disrespect. Like that. The, those are the types of things where, like, you know, and and that much money doesn't really matter to him for the type of money he's no. making. But it's it's still like because it's the most that they can do going that far. Like does send that message, and it's like. And I'm sure if he did it again, that's where it becomes like a team, you know, there might be some sort of like team discipline, you know, it's a strike of a kind. And it's like, because doing shit like that is how you have fucking like ugly brawls, like that's how you, that's how you get fight night type, type situations break out. Awesome. It's awesome. It's, it's, uh, that's the energy we need as much as, you know it is it is probably uh frowned upon by by the nhl and they probably were like you can't throw equipment at players <laughs> yeah. and this is it's your very basic last it's a very basic <laughs> but a very basic thing with that being said i think we need more of it what we need less of is the Connor mcdavid flying elbow not flying no, elbow but insane. he was he was it was <laughs> it was an it was, elbow i mean it was for how fast he skates that's a flying elbow yeah yeah that's that's kind of what i was getting at uh, I'm surprised he didn't get suspended. I mean, you know, I know people are like, you gotta throw the book. You know, you you go on any kind of social media network and uh, watch the fallout from that, and there's gonna be uh, differing opinions all over. Uh, I think that's one game. He he does get the superstar benefit. Benefit of the doubt isn't the right phrase because there is no doubt by anyone who watched that 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 wasn't intentional. Um. Or that that was intentional, I should say. But uh, you know, he he should get treated a little. I don't know if you'll disagree with this, but I do think he should get treated a little bit differently because he is a superstar, and uh, I don't think he's got the, the the big thing is he's not a repeat offender, and I don't think he's got that in his blood. I think it was a frustration thing. You and I think this is a worse like you know. I think you suspend him for a game. You said a like okay. This was pretty bad for you to get suspended, um, but you can't do this again, or you're gonna you're gonna get more. Where you find him five k, it's literally nothing. The man makes like you know over ten million dollars a year. Uh, so, so it's you know I go ahead. I, 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 I'm curious. I, I, to see what I you think, think. I mean, I think Wilder losing. By the way. Oh uh, well, I, I know they'll pull through. Um, I. I think that, like I, I, he does. He deserves um, the treatment that he's earned, and I think 
he's been so good and he doesn't he hasn't had like this is his first thing right his first fight so you start again it's like it's precedent setting i i think that was a dirty fucking hit i think anybody else probably you know, most other players would have gotten something but like you know probably only 5% of players in the league don't have any you know incident you know what i mean like like there's probably only like 5 play like 5% of players that don't have something that could potentially come up you know as as flagged it's like oh we got to we got to start watching this guy a little bit you know what i mean where it's like so infrequent um but but i do think that, that you know they find him and like I think a lot of other players would have gotten suspended. Um, I mean, maybe yeah. even players without rap sheets, but again, this was his one, you know, he does this again. I Suspension. think it, he has to be suspended Yeah, because I think if you suspended him in this case, and, and I do agree, like, you know, wrong is like bad hits, a bad hit. I, I do think that, but I, I do feel like there are a lot of bad hits that you could suspend for. And once you've given somebody one suspension, it's like interesting. At what point does is a player deserving? Like, does a play? I, does a player's reputation earn them their first suspension? Right. And 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 does being an ambassador for the game, being super skilled player, who does get roughed up a bit? I think Christopher. I, I think the fact that this this elbow happening within like a week and a half of like Christopher Stieg, you know going on his soapbox because Connor McDavid sometimes gets shoved after uh, the whistle, like was like very comical, but, but he does get played rough and that's, it's, it is frustrating. It's a rough fucking game. Like I I think that there needs to be some level of like, if there have been things that, that, you know, if he's been hit late here and there a couple of times and has led something, well, you know, him, being high, high and late on somebody once. All right. He's used and you, and you have fought. It, it wasn't all right. He got, did he get a penalty on the play? I don't even know. I wasn't watching the game, but he, he got fined. Like, I, I don't know if he, but like to me, so I, I think that he, look, he, he, whether or not he should get treated differently. I think he did already get treated differently. And he got, or he got treated differently because he has a different reputation, Yeah, you know, like part of his reputation is the the business side. And also the fact that he's played, he's, he's a way cleaner player than fucking Crosby, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sid's just a fucking galaxy. Sid's really just a galaxy brain grinder and grinders have that edge to their, yeah. to their he's, also, he's also been a dirty, like he, he's done dirty. Well, shit, yeah, but yeah, that, I mean? that kind of goes hand in hand with being a grinder. You're going to do that. Like slippery shit you know yeah there's no there really is a, a, the a clean grinder is an oxymoron there's no yeah. such thing like you gotta be you know you you don't have to be uh matt cook you know but you're not gonna be if you are like a grinding grinding forward you're not gonna be winning the lady bang yeah nathan mckinnon by the way lady bang winner last year uh, no i've heard of him well, we just talked about him, right? It, we, so, uh, getting away from hockey, you watched The Lighthouse, which I'm kind of surprised by, 
because uh a little condescending to say it like that but okay no continue. <laughs> uh it feels like um it i don't know it just doesn't feel like your type of movie like when i when i talk to you about movies i know that you uh it's um i'm trying to find the right words like I know that you're not. I know that you don't have zero interest in some of the artsier uh, art house stuff. Like you've you've uh, shown interest in wanting to see Parasite. Um, no, I saw Parasite. You like you liked it. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, but uh, I don't know. The Lighthouse didn't strike me as your type of movie. It's something that you would be like, I want to watch this. It well, it's you know that's what it was. It was. Uh... It was art house dudes rock. That's what I took from it. <laughs> it was just two bros hanging out, drinking and farting and uh, slipping into madness and maybe not even existing. Um, I, 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 I'd say, but no, I, I thought it was awesome. I mean, like, yeah, uh, Robert Pattinson and, and Willem Dafoe. And also it, this is Islander related because they, they were fishermen. You know, that's, that's what the, I, that's what the logo was actually based on. Um <laughs> But uh, well, they really uh, just maintained the lighthouse. They weren't fishermen. They just had the hats and stuff. I guess they fished while there they was were the crab thing. They, I guess, they technically were fishermen in the sense that they fished for their food while they were uh, doing the lighthouse, um, you know, maintenance and work on the lighthouse, the lobster situation. I, I thought. Um... Willem Dafoe is fucking awesome. Yeah, he's one um, of the best. Is it? I, I guess it's it's been long enough. Uh, yeah. Spoiler: if, if you haven't seen The Lighthouse yet, like, and you're still listening, I, yeah. like, I don't know, just yeah, shut fast the forward a bit, off, then fine. whatever. Yeah. And I guess it doesn't like. See, it feels like it belittles it like too. Part of what I like about it is it doesn't matter what happened, because like, or or what you th- like what you think happened, like, I, yeah, it leaves an open interpretation, which is nice. And and I'm sure it's you know was it deliberately? I I, I know that there was some was it the was it the director or someone was like talking about one of the people that was that made it. I'm not sure it was the writer or the producer or director. Yeah, was he, talking about. He he wrote uh he he wrote and directed uh um uh, uh Robert Robert Eggers uh he is um so this is his second movie he he did he wrote and directed a movie called I believe I believe he wrote the 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 lighthouse and and the witch as well but uh he definitely directed the the two of them and um. He's a big period piece guy. The witch took place in the 16th, uh, uh, like American uh, colonies era, you know, uh, the 17th century, 16th. Not, yeah, so, somewhere. I'll around. watch that next. I have, I've heard good things. I haven't seen, or, I haven't it's, seen it yet. It's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty haunting. Um, little, like, quiet ramp up movie that, like, it's got some pretty evil, some pretty evil shit um but it's it's really good yeah he's uh he's a period piece guy the next movie that he's doing is a viking movie uh i i believe Willem Dafoe is going to be in that as well and it's another period piece like uh taking place in maybe the 1800s something like that um 
So yeah, I, I believe Eggers. I believe Eggers said somewhere that like. Um, so I guess I guess they they didn't base it off this, but as they were writing the story, as they were coming up with it, that they felt like it was as if this is like, uh, what if what if Zeus and Prometheus met each other, like that, right that type of thing, but that's not necessarily like the intent. And again, I guess the intent doesn't matter, but it is fun to speculate. Like I get this is me bringing the like fan theory you know view of like sure it. that's okay but, though but it's 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 fun to like think about whether or not the whole thing was this uh novice boatsman or, or or this worker that was going to work on a lighthouse that's been going from job to job and then you know a storm you know fucks up the ship and, and as he's like dying on a rock he hallucinates this he entire halluc situation hallucinates this entire thing and it's this amalgamation of like memories of things he was running from this idea of what if you know this life of going from job to job to job would eventually be as an old man mm -hmm. and like the fact mm -hmm. that they had they had the same first name like mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. If, if like that, that to me is one of the few concrete things, the first so, name thing. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Robert Eggers is very detail oriented, and he is like a maniac when it comes to accuracy, and as well as just uh, so so everything on set was period appropriate and like like correct uh, as it would be. Um, you know, uh, if if it took place exactly exactly how it did when it did, um, and uh, uh, what am I getting at? Uh, everything is very purposeful with him, and uh, like you said, the uh, the Zeus uh and uh the the Zeus Prometheus stuff, uh, lots of phallic imagery, the lighthouse being a dick itself, um. It's it's all very purposeful, and he is like very detail oriented. He's he's a Barry Trotz guy. He's he's big on the little on the little details. Um, so uh, yeah, and all of these different little interpretations that we all take from it. What you what you took, what what other people will take from it is exactly what he had in mind when when putting it all together. And that is like undoubtedly uh, that's that's absolutely uh it and he's he's great man i'm so psyched for his third movie whenever that comes out and uh yeah i uh, uh you should watch the witch i think you know if you like the white house uh the white house the lighthouse um the white house well i used to but not you know <laughs> if you if you like the lighthouse um a lot of people swear by the witch uh in terms of it being better i like them both for like almost equally for separate reasons uh and I, I, you know, I think that it's a little bit of an easier watch because of the, uh, yeah, for what it, for what it's worth, Will Defoe and uh, Robert Pattinson are like acting their dicks off, but I think the witch, well, maybe the witch isn't an easier watch because it's it's like I said, he's a very specific man, and uh, all of the all of the language in the witch is very is is like very period accurate, so you mm -hmm. got to kind of watch with subtitles because there's a lot of like doth hath shall thou being type type uh 
sentences going on. Um, but it's fucking awesome. It's very powerful. It's very effective. Uh, as is the lighthouse, and it's so sick that uh, so sick that we're talking about it on the Islanders pod. Well, yeah, it's a great movie, and I guess you know another part of it that I liked it. Uh, and I well, in in wanting to bring this up, it made me analyze it in context. It makes me want to analyze it in context of the movie. But like, I just loved how like so many of the fucking like, I mean, they're monologues that that he's he's oh. having a dial. It's a monologue, but he's in conversation so it's kind of mm-hmm. a dialogue that's not being responded to it's, it's a monologue because rob pattinson's character is not yes talking but, with him like yeah but, yep I, I i liked i liked that like um romantic period style like poetry like yep. i i just i, I love that that like um like uh felt like rhyme of the ancient mariner type yeah you, you know energy there uh have you watched any of the ari Oster stuff they the two of them go hand in hand uh hereditary or midsummer no no i think you'd fuck hard with i think you'd fuck hard with both but i think you'd especially fuck hard with hereditary uh that was my shit um like the romantic period in uh college ne- neither of neither of these have that vibe but it's uh it's it's got a similar uh it's it's kind of a similar type, uh, not a similar vibe, but like a lot of people who love Oster love uh, love the headspace, the the headspace that it that it. They're too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, but but saying that, you know, okay, so analy- I, I'll check those out. But like thinking about it, and again, I know, like, oh, you know, you know, you're not supposed to interpret it. I'm just, I'm just curious. No, it's you like, are, you are, you are supposed to. It, it, it it's curious because like if if all of it's in robert pattinson's mind yeah and he's supposed to be this like quiet working like working class dude how like how would he create this cat like how would his mind create this uh boisterous room like again like soliloquy style boatsman it's like how would he create like it's entirely possible that like you said he could be based off of uh different character traits of ex-bosses or uh, other people that he worked with and uh, like you know the my favorite thing about the movie is it reminded me so much of i don't know if you've ever had a job where you've worked one-on-one with someone every day where it's just the two of you working and it's like that kind of like uh you know a more experienced worker with your more of the apprentice or uh more inexperienced guy i um i had that experience uh right out of college like i i i worked for a guy who was redoing kitchens and bathrooms and it was a fucking nightmare and it was it reminded me so much of the relationship that that those two characters had and you know, it's so so. Uh, that's one little little thing that the movie does very much on purpose that I love. But yeah, it could very easily be a situation like that that uh, uh, Pattinson's character had in the past, and uh, you know, he is creating, so, you know, him based off of someone from his past. 
Well, no. Well, well, what what I mean though is that like my argument. I wonder if Willem Dafoe was some sort of actual being. Yeah. You know, because Robert Pattinson, if he is to be taken as this more like working class, um, not that they, but I mean, they didn't necessarily portray him as not being well read. But it's just like, yeah. And and there is the line of like, you're a goddamn caricature or something, where it's like. Maybe he is creating a caricature and like, you're not supposed to get lost in the, like we're seeing it as details, but like in his, in, in the headcan, like in the actual moment, it's uh it's just kind of like a blur, you know, like it's a blur to him that he's just annoyed by. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, like you said, uh, so many different ways you could interpret it and, and think about it. And, uh, so to, to kind of bring it back to we were talking about Godzilla versus Kong this is a movie very much where you are supposed to think about it and watch it this is a movie that is very much supposed to be watched more than once not saying Godzilla versus Kong isn't a movie that isn't supposed to be watched more than once but uh, that is more of a don't interpret it shut your brain off and watch the two monsters fight where this is uh, you should interpret uh, and think about everything that's going on while you're watching these two monsters fight. Oh, wow. While, while you're watching this, uh, this man whack around in the tool shed. <laughs> that, uh, that, that, that poor seagull, by the way. Oh, nuts. And, and it was, it was one of those, it's, it's interesting, like going on to, well, and let me tell you this, watching the lighthouse made me find maybe the most like insufferable subreddit that I've ever done like a uh a, a, a read through of a thread which was true the true uh, film yes i i i have i'm not i don't think i'm a part of that subreddit but i i see people like whenever i look up um <laughs> it's brutal man it's, it's like it's rough it's brutal it, it people write essays to each other critiquing you are not other's... you are not allowed to uh if i'm uh, if if I remember the subreddit correctly, you are not allowed to post something that isn't like a thousand characters or more. It's it's fucking insane. Wait, it has to be more than a thousand characters. To at least in order to, uh, in order to post an original topic, I don't know if the replies can be less than a thousand. I it's, bet they can. It's like the still. fucking opposite. It's like the opposite of like the fun part. It's. The most fun part of the internet is like rapid interactions with people that about like fun things and like building like a good dialogue, ideally, and like true film. I do. Or, you know what? I do follow the fucking true film subreddit because sometimes you get someone uh, that's a writing... fucking is aggressively like is being an aggressive idiot. Well, there's two. There's two sides to it, and. Uh, Sometimes you get the absolutely aggressive, like, uh, like mind-numbing idiot, and then you get like a lot of the boutique Blu-ray stuff that I that I follow and like, like the Criterion stuff. They come with essays about the movies, and sometimes you'll get someone who writes an interesting essay on a movie that you're interested in. But man, it is the definition of hit or miss. The definition because I I. Uh, 100% believe you stumbled onto an, uh, a big time cringeworthy uh, Reddit uh, Reddit thread 
uh, in terms for the lighthouse. Of someone trying to interpret the lighthouse. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm talking about, right? No, I'm no, I'm just there's oh, probably oh, dozens there's of them one. on that subreddit. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, it, it's like I don't know. It, it's such a it, it's such a it, it was such a fucking good movie. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I, I can't can't recommend it enough. And and what's great is is legitimately, I guess, on some level, we did spoil it. So. If you skipped ahead, but you didn't hear any of the details that were spoilery, definitely watch it. And even if you did see it, just like... Yeah, watch it. We didn't spoil anything. If we did spoil some of it, I think it lends worth watching. It seems unspoilable. I was talking about, we had a a band meeting last night, um, because I'm vaxxed up, uh, or not not fully vaxxed up, but like, you know, starting to be able to like make plans, which is which is uh which is nice and like at the end of the you know the the chat you know uh, we were talking about mentioned seeing the movie and then one of the guys said like had some you know response and then another person was like well i guess that's kind of spoiled for me and i was like you know it's only spoiled if you're going with if you believe what he just said and, and if you believe what he said you're you're in an interpretation within an interpretation like you're choosing yeah. to believe like a sub interpretation of like one of the different avenues of interpretation from this thing yep yep 100 percent uh yeah no it 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 kind of doesn't feel like a spoilable movie a spoilable movie in a sense but uh uh i think next next week we should talk about godzilla versus kong you should watch it and we'll talk we'll we'll talk a little I'm bit down. about godzilla we're just, keep, we're just gonna keep we're just gonna keep building yeah it's gonna and we're gonna pretend that it's associated yeah yeah well we'll we'll draw that you know we drew a parallel there robert eggers is a detail-oriented barry trotz guy we'll see if we <laughs> we'll see uh uh adam wingard i believe is the godzilla versus kong director who also directed two unbelievable movies you're next and uh uh the guest uh i don't know if the guest is still on netflix that movie absolutely shreds yeah adam wingard i'm looking and when you're an away team you're a guest and barry trotz has coached a lot of games as the guest so and that's the end and that's and that's the end of the podcast for this week uh we'll uh we'll see you next week bye